You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Hey, folks, how's it going? Sometimes I wish somebody would reply to me when I do these. But then again, that would be weird because that would mean I'm hearing voices in my head. And that's not a good thing for anybody. But I do want to tell you about Gun Street Wiring Shop. Based out of Bend, Oregon and ran by Sean Arbo, they are making custom wiring harnesses for all your guitar needs. They got vintage style. They've got... um you know, modern wiring, treble bleed, all kinds of different things. If you need it, they can get it done. We all know that sometimes that stuff gets a little bit complicated. It's a little bit hard to do, you know, especially if you've not done a lot of soldering in the past. Well, let them do the heavy lifting. And they use the finest components and, I mean, just are fantastic to work with. The customer service is way above and beyond any that I've experienced uh, for products like this. So make sure and check out GunStreetWiringShop.com and hit up Sean and get what you need. We are also brought to you, as always, by the fine, fine folks at Sinusoid. Sinusoid.com, custom cables. They've got some new stuff coming down the pipe that I can't talk about yet, but when it's here, it's definitely worth getting excited about. Let's just say... They're fixing a little problem that a lot of people have had. We'll just leave it at that. But for now, we're going to talk about the Sasquatch speaker cable. This big, beastie, beefy, gnarly bad boy. It's so, uh, like, you you feel like you've really got something. It's a very, very large speaker cable. And part of that was uh, not just because it's cool to have a large speaker cable, but um, to make sure that you, you're like you're not going to pick this up and think it's an instrument cable. Um People will know that is the speaker cable, so it'll hopefully make barbecued amps a thing of the past. So make sure you check out sinusoid.com. Check out the Sasquatch speaker cable. You'll you'll like it. It's it's cool. It's formidable. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I am your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Cindy Hewlidge of Cindy Guitars. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm <laughs> Everything's good. going good. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yep, I'm. Uh, I as we talked about briefly off of the air, uh, I'm preparing to fly down to your neck of the woods. So I it's know a, that's awesome. It's a little yeah, bit yeah, we're gonna have. Uh, well, we started your body already, so we're excited about that. Oh, got the, exciting! Got the got the build going. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so stoked. <laughs> I'm I'm really really excited. Um, well, I mean, for some some people who don't know, um, Cindy works with Rick Kelly down at Carmine Street Guitars, and yep. she also does her <laughs> stuff. And uh, so that's what we're talking about because they're building me a jazz master right now. So, very <laughs> yes. excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We don't get to do too many jazz masters at the Pine anyway, so uh, I'm really excited to hear that. I mean, um, I do I'm them. Really I, I do like kind of Jaguar style stuff, but Rick Rick never gets to build them. So he always, He's cool. always doing the Tele styles, right? Yeah, well, he has mostly orders for that or the strats, you know, the strat style or S mm -hmm. style or whatever. Um, but yeah, right. it's, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like a little bit more of the offset stuff, but yeah, he doesn't get too many orders for that. So he's excited too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I wasn't sure when we were, you know, cause I, I talked to Rick when we were down there. Um, but I did not talk to him about this. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, some builders, they, they don't like to build certain things. And I, I've seen yeah. that like most of the stuff was, was tellies and strats. And mm -hmm. I, my, my, uh, my wife was like, you know, you know, what are you going to get for your birthday is I just turned, I just turned 30. So um, <laughs> she's like, it's a big yeah. birthday. I'm like, ah, it's, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. She's like, you should get. <laughs> You should get uh, one of those guitars we've seen in New York. And I was like, I wonder if he would build me a jazz master. I didn't even know if like cause some, <laughs> some builders just won't do certain things, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I was really excited. Yeah. Rick's definitely like really into the T styles. That's his favorite. But um, we've done, I mean, we've done all kinds of things. We, we've done really weird stuff. <laughs> we even did some kind of a weird training guitar with like, basically like golf tees in the neck with like holes drilled so that the guy could like move them around into whatever chord positions he wanted to. <laughs> it's like really, really? done all kinds of weird stuff. We've inlaid all kinds of weird stuff and it's, it's definitely, we do have fun on the side with some things, but yeah, most of the orders are for very traditional kind of things. And then obviously I get a lot of the custom work ordered which I wasn't expecting. I always tell people that because most people are like, oh, like, like some people don't even know I build. They just think I do custom work. You know, they just think I'm like doing all the art on the guitars. And it really started, I, I wanted to build. I mean, I have a, a pretty strong art background, but Rick mm -hmm. kind of really pushed me to keep going with the custom stuff. So I was just kind of screwing around with it at first and then I started getting orders for it basically because Rick kept pushing me to do it and then it just never stopped so it's been, it's been kind of surprising but building's really like the main thing you know mm -hmm. I think building a building a solid you know kind of workhorse instrument is really the main thing for us and then the custom works just kind of for who appreciates it you know right right that, yeah. that that is interesting. I wanna I wanna <laughs> actually get into your backstory and like I because I, I I've got this question before and I honestly like I don't know the answer. So 
Like, <laughs> what? Uh, what is your background? How did you get to be working with Rick? I like. I kind of know Rick's Rick's deal, but I don't know your deal. How did you get involved with his? You know, his shop and and doing yeah. all that. I mean, take us, take us, take us way back. We got time. Take us way back to way back. you know. <laughs> What did you start, you know, what got you interested in music in the first place? All right. Well, I mean, my dad had played guitar for like 40 years. He was a guitar player. Um, he grew up playing and everything. So I grew up watching him when I was really little. And, um, you know, I, I, he was really tall. He was like six foot four. And um, he built his bed up really high and he'd have his his amps and the speakers and everything underneath the bed. So, he, I mean, he was one of those dudes that played so loud, the whole neighborhood could hear him. Um, and he would just play for hours on end. So when I used to, you know, I didn't live with him growing up for some time. So when I used to visit him, I used to go over there and just sit on the bed and the whole thing would just be like shaking because it would be so loud. And I would just watch him play guitar for hours. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the whole music thing and growing up with with all the rock and roll and all that really came from him and, um, you know, watching him play guitar. So that's that's kind of how I got into it. And then he gave me – actually, I still – that was like the first neck reset that I ever did was um, this – he gave me this Stuart Orophonic when I was about eight. And it, he didn't really, I guess he didn't like think that I was going to seriously pick it up. He just wanted to kind of introduce me to something. And it's like, I don't know if it was a lefty or righty. I think that it, the, I really don't know when the controls were added or anything, but it's set up as a righty. It was set up as a righty when I got it, but it has, you know, the controls for a lefty and where they are and everything. And the strings were like, I mean, they were rusted beyond anything I've ever seen and like an inch off the <laughs> fingerboard. <laughs> I was trying to play the thing and like, it was always just like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to play guitar. It's just way too hard. Like, this is crazy. It hurts. You know, it's just, it's just nuts. So, so, um, after like a year or so of me just kind of strumming and screwing around with it, he, he gave me one of his electric guitars and that really kind of just took off with me. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't put it down for a while. I, I don't play as much as I used to now because I'm building so much and work is work. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I, you know, I grew up playing a lot and that's kind of where that stemmed from. Um, but I still, I would still, you know, I've been consistent in playing throughout my life. Um, so I've always had music and all that interest there, whether it was screwing around with amps or pedals or whatever. Um, but basically, Rick, I was following, I was on like the Marshall Forum and the Gear page and all that all throughout high school, um, reading and, and talking about stuff on there. And um, I found Rick on there. So I, I just had really wanted a, a guitar from him for a long time. And it was something that was like, so far out for me, it was like, I'll, I don't think I'll ever have a guitar from Rick, you know, the Chelsea Hotel or whatever. It would probably be, the wood would be gone by the time I would want one and whatever else. And, um, I mean, basically, uh, I'm trying to think here. It, it kind of, I didn't put two and two together with where his shop was exactly in the city. I just knew he was somewhere in New York and I'd read about his stuff online, but I never really like 
thought that I would go and visit him. I didn't know that he had like an actual store. I thought it was just kind of like this workshop. Um, right. So I remember seeing his shop on CBS, CBS um, Sunday morning one day, uh, the Keith Richards thing when Keith Richards was there. And it clicked, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Rick Kelly. That's right in the West Village. Um, and, I, and I got really psyched. And um, I was just working. When I got out of high school, um, basically, I, I had a full scholarship to, to art school, but I was kind of screwing around with guitar and stuff on the side. But um, I wasn't in a band at that point or anything. Um, but I, I, had, I had a full scholarship to art school, but... I, I really couldn't afford what they wanted for rent for like this really small room. It was like a grand a month to split like a 12 by 15 room with someone or something crazy like that. Wow. And, um, and I didn't, and I didn't have anything backing me, you know, I've, I've come to the city on my own pretty much. So, um, it just wasn't in the cards for me. So I ended up getting a bartending job in rock center and just painting and playing on the side and stuff just as a hobby sort of, you know, so I was working probably 80 hours a week at one point for months and months during the year. Um, and you know, the holidays in rock center are absolutely crazy. So, um, I did that for about three years and then I got my own, my own apartment and, um, it was, uh, it was kind of an old school Italian restaurant that had um, had been there for like 15 years and their rent got doubled on them because someone else bought the, the building. So it's kind of funny because everybody's always talking about all the, the mom and pop shops that are going away and all this stuff. And like even, even a huge restaurant like that, that was still like a family run thing that could pay already. Like I think they were paying like 40 something thousand dollars a month in rent already and they had upped wow. it to like 80 or 90 grand a month. And like, they were just like, we can't do this. You know, this is like nuts. So I got laid off, but I had good unemployment. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do at this point? Like, I've always been interested in guitar, like big time. I've always been interested in art big time. Am I going to try and like, you know, build up a portfolio in the next year or so and like just have like a little bit of a side job and keep saving? Or, or you know, what am I really going to want to do? And, um, I was actually helping my friend Jimmy, whose apartment flooded, um, at the time I, since I had all the free time and stuff, I was over his apartment working and like, you know, cleaning all of his stuff, hanging all the pictures back up, um, from probably like 10 AM to 2 AM some nights. I was doing that for about a month or a month and a half, helping him get everything back together. And I was talking to him about it and it was kind of like, well, I came up with the idea that, you know, I, I have, I had always thought about building guitars and everything. Cause I was, you know, I was putting pedals together and stuff like that at the time already. Um, and so Jimmy and I got into the conversation about that and I kind of just got a list together and, and Rick was just the first one that was on there and really the only one that I wanted to work with. Cause I had been following his work so for so long and I just loved it. And I loved the whole idea behind the reclaimed wood and, and everything else. Um, so it was basically just kind of one of those things that it was like, well, what's the worst he's, you know, he'll do, he'll say no, you know, <laughs> like just go and, you know, go there and see what he says and just tell him your story and be you like you always are. So, so I, um, so I ended up going, it was, 
it was what was it June June 23rd I believe it was was the day that I started um, and I basically I, I had just moved to Flatbush at the time and I didn't know the trains too well so I got a stop <laughs> a stop like before where I was supposed to get off at at West Forth I got off at Broadway Lafayette instead and I ended up having to walk like all those blocks in like 105 degree weather. It was just so hot out. I like wore like, you know, like a, a button down shirt and like, you know, blue jeans and my creepers not knowing what to expect there and everything. <laughs> just trying to look like somewhat like, cause I've always been kind of punky looking, you know? Um, but so I was like sweating like so bad by the time I got there and kind of like super nervous and whatever. But I went up to the, you know, I went up to the shop and I walked in and one of the bum squad guys, what we call them, all the guys that have been hanging out in the shop forever, you know, just kind of go there and eat lunch <laughs> and <laughs> they just hang out. They're buddies, but, um, you know, some of them have been Rick's buddies for 30 years. So they were eating and Rick was working on a guitar and I just kind of walked in and I was looking around and Rick was kind of like, you know, can I help you? And I was like, well, maybe. I was like, do you hire at all? And he was like, well, I can't pay you, not usually. I was like, well, no, that's, you know, I, I don't, that doesn't matter right now. I just really want to learn how to build. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, well, he was like, yeah, right. He was like, sit, sit at the computer. And I was kind of shocked. He was like, sit at the computer and, and answer the phones. You know, and I was kind of shocked. So I I just went and sat at the computer and he kind of just had like a good feeling about me, I guess. Um, but that's just, that's kind of how it really started though. It was, it was a pretty simple thing it, and it happened pretty fast. I mean, I was only in there probably maybe, maybe five or 10 minutes. Um, and Rick had had a couple people in there here and there helping him out and stuff, but none of them were serious or, you know, some of them, he, he, he always says that, um, he he always has been able to tell when someone just wants to like make themselves a guitar or something or like you know like they right. don't really want to do it like <laughs> he's been doing it but he just felt I just kind of told him my story and and how I got there you know and what I wanted to do in about two or three minutes and he just had a good feeling about me and kind of really took me like seriously so he kind of just said, yeah, right, uh, you know, go answer the phones and sit at the computer and I'll show you the back in a little bit. And that's kind of how it started. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> About how long ago was this? Six years. Okay, so quite a while then. Yeah, about Five six years now. Next... Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's been really great. It's flew too. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long already. <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's really so what, great. I've like I I've I've had some people you know ask me and I I wasn't really sure and especially since you've been doing it for so long at this mm -hmm. point, they're like they're like what does she? I know she does like the carving. I know she builds like, but is she like Rick's apprentice or like how does that work? What, what do you do you consider yourself that or how would you how would you view that? kind of yeah. relationship yeah that's how that's how rick would that's what rick calls me yep yeah okay. i mean that's... i'm i'm learning from him i help him with stuff but i also have my own line because 
you know, I'm doing stuff with, <laughs> I mean, I'm coming up with all that, the, the pyrography and the, you know, the leather work too. Rick doesn't want to put leather on his guitars. <laughs> 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 he likes the very natural, rustic kind of simple thing, you know, he gets excited. He's definitely, I mean, he's a painter and a sculptor and that's originally what he, he originally went to art school. He went to college for sculpting and that's how he got into dulcimer making which led him to all the other stuff but he was doing like the juried craft fairs and all that stuff trying to make money um and it just mm -hmm. turned into a, you know a, a lifetime career it's been it's been 50 years actually this past may may 2nd was 50 years he's been building wow yeah that's awesome it's, it's really awesome <laughs> but yeah i mean that's so yeah cool. i i learn all of all of I, I learn exactly how he builds and what he does and his tricks. And, you know, that that's how I build my guitars. I, I, every, his philosophy, his philosophy is my philosophy. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, we kind of, we do a lot together around the shop and, you know, I help him with stuff. He helps me with stuff and I'm learning, you know, I've been learning from him everything. <laughs> Yeah. So I know, I know you like, you're primarily learning from, from him, but he, like you said, he hasn't really had anybody else in the shop like you. Um, right. We have one guy, Chris you... in there for, for a few years who did a lot of repairs and stuff like that, but he wasn't really too interested in like doing full builds and stuff for the most part. But, um, he, w right. he was there for, for years, every weekend and stuff like that with us. And he's a real good dude, but, um, he's, he's working different, over different yeah, 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 yeah. Repair stuff. Yeah, he's working with Crandall now, I think, over in the over in the east side. But, okay, cool. Yeah. No, where where I was going with that was, mm -hmm. do you think that you've uh, uh, brought any kind of fresh perspective or you know different ways of looking at things to him, or has he pretty much got it all figured out? In terms of the building, or all building, I mean, or or design or just uh just general or maybe just how the business operates like um, clearly he wasn't doing a, a whole lot of social stuff before you you came along yeah he, he still doesn't go on the gear page and still doesn't own a cell phone or anything <laughs> he likes to look at instagram on the computer and see what people say in the morning and that's about as far as he goes i mean besides the facebook page he's always done that but um i right. mean I can tell you when I walked in, like the showcases, because it's only been Rick and his mother pretty much. Um, I mean, his showcases were like just like filled with sawdust and had like parts like piled up in them because it was just like he wasn't <laughs> really, he didn't really care to sell anything. And like he would know where everything was that way and just, you know, have parts for the build. So I, the first thing that I did was like kind of, and it took me like probably like, at least a month to talk him into letting me touch anything in there because <laughs> he was so afraid of everything getting like all screwed up not knowing where anything was it i mean i took everything out of there and cleaned them and and uh you know we got new bulbs and and everything and that was kind of we ended up doing this whole like renovation of the shop for about eight months um and that ended up i mean i i redid the whole back with him so he had more room for tools and you know we put the we cut all the wood and pulled all the nails and and all that and labeled it all and put it up on the shelves and everything up on the shelves had to be removed i mean it was it was literally an eight eight month project for sure 
Um, wow. And the goal of it was to actually where my bench is, it was supposed to be, you know, some more, you know, tools like a, you know, a, a big belt sander or something like that, you know, something, uh, or drum sander rather. Um, just, you know, we, we weren't quite sure what we wanted to do, but I just figured it would help him out having, you know, room for things that he'd been wanting to get and everything. Um, but he ended up suggesting that I just have a bench over there. So we ended up building the Cindy bench and my, that's my side of the shop now. Um, and we did get a drum sander and stuff like that, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's been like, um, it's been definitely different trying to keep him organized. I've, I've, you know, made sheets for him to keep his orders, you know, more organized. So he writes everybody's name down in one sheet and rather than having a whole bunch of different papers and stuff, cause he doesn't do anything on the computer, obviously, like we were talking about. So he's just got <laughs> stacks of order papers and stuff, you know? So I've definitely done some stuff there. I think, um, in terms of the builds too, I can't, I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say we both kind of learn from each other with things, but I mean, you know, Rick's been doing it for so long. He was, it's, that's one thing I can, I can quote him on though. He, like, even when he was teaching, um, he was teaching like, uh, dulcimer making and marquetry and inlay work at the Smithsonian for a while when he was younger, when he was in his twenties. And, um, even though he'd been doing it for some years, you know, he'd watch his students and, and even though they were, they were doing it for the first time, they'd be thinking of it in a totally different light and be, he'd be like, Oh, you know, like, of course, like I didn't think of doing it that way before. So like, I don't know if he ever has any of those kind of like moments now with me. I haven't really asked, <laughs> but I mean, right. I think we both, you know, take and give with each other on things for sure. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. The reason I, I ask that is because a lot of times I've heard of people who, um, who are experts at something, they'll, they'll say like the best way to learn is by teaching sometimes. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, like, cause I know when I, like when I've showed somebody how to do something, even something simple, mm -hmm. and then they're like, well, why do you do it like that? And it's like, sometimes the answer is, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know, uh, yeah. because that's how I do it. And then they'll say, <laughs> what if you tried it like this? And if right. I, and, and if, you know, sometimes it'll make sense. And it's just, it's just simply a fresh perspective. It's not like, yeah. um, you know, they're better at it than the new guy's not better at it than the old, old guy. It's just like, sometimes you get stuck in a pattern of doing things. And then somebody's like, well, why do you do it like that? And you're like, don't have a really good answer for it. You're like, that's just cause that's how I do it. <laughs> but I, yeah, I didn't right. know if there was any aha uh -huh for him at some it's, point. I, I don't would know. Think. You know, I'll have to ask him that tomorrow. <laughs> we'll probably find out when you're, when you're in town. Cause I mean, he's, he's, Rick's just done like so many different weird things with oh, instruments. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't even know. Um, he's definitely, I mean, he even did the first prototype for the Motley Crue, like flaming bass. I mean, he, he's got that body in the shop too, with all the rockets in it. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> then his sketchbooks <laughs> are filled with things, you know, different designs of, of, you know, I mean, tremolos, like all kinds of things that came out later that people made, you know, millions of dollars on probably. And Rick's got them dated in the, in the 70s, you know, <laughs> and it's like he just, he's just always had so many ideas and been pretty like brilliant with all that stuff. So I just kind of keep my ears open. And if he learns something from me, then that's great. But 
<laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never really asked him anything like that. You know, I can't, I can't right. think of, I can't think of anything specific right now, but I'm sure there's yeah. something. No, it's just yeah. This is, yeah. this is, I think what you guys have going on in that shop is very <laughs> unique. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anybody. Oh, you okay? Yeah. Sorry. My <laughs> cat just like tried to eat the phone wire. He knocked. Oh, no. I, ha- I had the phone on my on my trunk, and I have like a trunk for a table, and he he like attacked it and dragged it off. I don't. <laughs> Sorry about that. He, want- <laughs> he wanted to end this podcast. No. <laughs> I've had a surprising amount of uh, of things. I mean, I used to have to record these. Um, um, back in the day, I had I used to have to record them at at my work. Um, because it was just uh, the nature of my job was like. It was uh, one of those jobs where you were generally either running around like a maniac or you were kind of on standby, but you couldn't mm-hmm. leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just how it was. And so, so during some of those standby times, I would record. So in some, a lot of the early episodes, you'll hear a train in the background <laughs> and uh, and various things like various weird, like weird sounds where you're like, what is that? And it's just because I was working in a big, big facility and recording of it. Oh, a podcast funny. in like a, in like an in like a fuel lab. It was a <laughs> it was a really a, I'm sure very it's professional fun to operation. Like, I'm sure it's fun to listen back on those though. <laughs> well, like the thing here's... is, it wasn't that long ago. Like, oh, <laughs> it was it was like it was only I mean, mm, I mean maybe twenty episodes ago. Yeah, maybe maybe more that that like I I one hundred percent was doing these you know in the in my little music room like, <laughs> oh. before that it was a lot of remote recording in a in, yeah. a, in a fuel laboratory oh, it was a, funny. kind of funny that's cool um <laughs> all that to say is i've heard all kinds of things like because it is mobile as you as you know yeah, like yeah. I, I use this app because it just it makes it the easiest on on the guests and they don't ha- they don't have to have anything special you know yeah um, you yeah, know it's cool it it's cool. Decent, you know? Yeah, it's cool how easy um, it is. But uh, some people are pacers, and mm-hmm. that 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 used to be okay. But the app changed how it uh, how it records, and that became not okay. Like mm. it got it got way noisier at some point, and it it's a long story. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> All that to say, there's some really interesting things going on on the other side, like squeaky doors, and I'm like, where are you going? Like, oh, I just had to <laughs> go to the mailbox real quick. <laughs> Oh, anyway, <laughs> the cat, a cat. I'm pretty sure this is a, not the first time a cat's made an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention to me. <laughs> kidding. Mm. So w- when you're not building, uh, are, do you have a band or do you, uh, what do you do to, for the, the musical side of things? No, no, actually I don't have a band right now. Um, my boyfriend and I are kind of um, starting to work on some stuff, though, which is which is cool. Um, he records in an all analog studio down in Atlanta, so we, we're you know oh. back and forth down there. Um, and he's been doing that for years. He's he's been really consistent with you know singing, songwriting, and poetry and all that. So it's um, and I've I've been with him since January, so it's it's been really great. To, to be with someone who's that into music because it's kind of getting me, uh, you know, more inspired and kind of working towards that more again. 
but I do work a lot. So, I mean, the, you know, the custom work that I do and, and the work that I do with the guitars, I mean, you know, I have to put my hours in. So that really comes first um, with the building and, and, you know, doing, doing the pick guards and stuff, I'll come home and, and work on stuff a lot of the time and, and make sure that everything's, you know, where it should be. So I can't really commit to a band at this point in my life, but I'd like to start, start, you know, start doing more and, I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, allow time for that now. You know. <laughs> what uh, What is your What kind of music do you like to play? Like, what uh, Who do you listen to for inspiration? And like, what it, What does that translate into when you are trying to write mm. stuff or noodle around or whatever you're doing? Well, I mean, my tastes are really all over the place. So I'm. This is kind of like I'm kind of just at a different place now. I'm. I'm trying to learn newer stuff and and play stuff that I haven't really played before, but I grew up playing. Um, I mean, my dad was really into Southern rock and classic rock and I got into punk when I was really young and, you know, all the street punk stuff and then all the, you know, uh, post punk stuff and goth rock even. And, but I'm kind of all over the board. I like blues a lot. I'm starting to get into jazz more than I ever was. So I just, I kind of am very open-minded with that thing, you know, that sort of thing. But I've, I've played everything from sort of R.L. Burnside type stuff to like Iron Maiden. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with that. I, I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. I, I don't really have like a I, I specific definitely. style right now. I'm just kind of experimenting with all different tunings and whatever else. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little bit, all over the place too. But then I, I did make a playlist, uh, one time cause in just in Apple music, just for fun. Um, and then I looked at it and I went, this is, this is probably exactly what my friends would think I would put on a playlist. Like it was like <laughs> yeah. very stereotypical Blake, you know, playlist. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. <laughs> and so I think that's what I called it. I think I called it like exactly what you think I'd be listening to right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it's, I think it started out with like some Waylon Jennings and then it went into like every time I die and then the home improvement theme song. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) it was, it was, it was was a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit off the wall, but I can, I can relate to that. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. (laughs) Yeah. So, with the with the custom stuff that you that you do how mm-hmm. like how did you get started with that that all that's very interesting to me cuz like it's one thing to walk <laughs> in and have a you know, have Rick teach you how to build a guitar but it's a completely mm-hmm. another thing to take on that kind of work um well like i said i kind of told him my story when i walked in so he knew that i had an art background like him and he knew that I was supposed to go to art school and knew that I was really into painting and, and drawing and everything else. I was, I was going to, I was taking life drawing and anatomy classes for a while there and etching and lithography. So I've always been all over the place in terms of the mediums that I use as well when it comes to, you know, art. Um, so when I got there, I was kind of just, uh, I, I asked him, I think, cause I had seen one of the, he, he, he'd done a, a couple things like Woodburn before 
And I had actually bought a ukulele just to strip and wood burn before I had gotten there because my dad gave me a wood burning kit, his wood burning kit. I was probably eight and uh, or eight or nine around the same time as a guitar. And um, I was kind of experimenting with that stuff back then, <laughs> obviously not like how I am now, but I was always really interested in it. So I ended up with a ukulele that I was supposed to strip and wood burn and I never did. I was just playing it. Um, but I had seen uh, a pick guard that he'd done in, in a guitar. It was like a, a buffalo with like barbed wire and rope on it or something. One of his like T-styles um, that I think ended up in Canada. But I had seen the pictures online. And um, and I was I was asking him, you know, do you, do you wood burn a lot? Or like I kind of want to try that. And, and, you know, maybe I could try and paint something on a guitar or draw or whatever. So I was working on one of these white pick guards because I was, I really liked working in pencil too, um, with the life drawing and anatomy. So I was trying to work on these pick guards with a pencil and it was driving me nuts because you would like, you, I do all the shading and everything that I needed to, but when you turn the pencil in the light, it just looks like you just colored the whole thing with pencil flat, you know, and there's, you can't see like the lights and darks in that. So like for a guitar that you're moving around and stuff in the light, like it was just driving me nuts. I was like, this is stupid. Why am I even doing this? <laughs> so, so I kind of like, I did like one, one garden pencil and I never did one again. And then I ended up experimenting with the wood burning got like a proper wood burner. That was the next thing I ordered. And I, and I had done this, this, um, it was actually like a masthead, like S style model that Rick did for, uh, Bob Dylan. It was like one of the Bob Dylan models. And, um, he had had that body in there just raw, just sitting there. And we ended up, I ended up doing a bunch of kind of just weird design on it. Um, Along with a woodburn, like a full woodburn pick guard, <clears throat> it was a baritone um, S style actually. But that was kind of the first thing, and direct from that, I, I ended up getting an order for from our buddy Woody. Uh, he was the first one that ordered something. He ordered a matching strap too. So I was actually burning leather straps as well. I do that sometimes, but. He he ended up ordering a, a like a scroll a scroll work guard, so I did a bunch of scroll work on a pick guard, um, and then the matching strap to go with it. And then Rick just kept pushing me to do it. You know, he always he always wanted to do something with sculpture, but it's it's so much money to get started with a portfolio for that. So he never got to work in you know the stuff that he really wanted to. Um, when it comes to that, but I mean, he, obviously he's, he's very happy that he ended up where he, where he, you know, did, but, but he loves that stuff. Um, so I think he, he liked to see me doing some stuff with artwork on there. Um, but it's really, it was really Rick pushing me because I kept, I was like, nobody's going to order this. <laughs> like people don't, people don't like buy guitars like this, you know, they're, they're it's like crazy looking, you know? Um, but the more I did it, the, I, it just, it, I just got a lot of orders for stuff and I still, you know, with doing custom work and getting orders like that, of course, you know, you're kind of doing what that person wants, you know, sometimes, and like some people are like, Oh, just do whatever you think looks good. 
but you know, some people, I mean, you end up doing crazy stuff, um, that you normally wouldn't. So I kind of wanted to do something that I thought would look really cool. And that's kind of how more of the custom work kind of came up, kind of came up in my mind because, you know, I was always into making clothes and stuff when I was younger too. And I always liked leather and all that stuff. And that's kind of how the moto thing came with the zipper pocket idea. That's, you know, a pickpocket. <laughs> There's an actual mm-hmm. like zipper pocket on it, you know, but it's very like moto esque. It's, you know, the, this, that leather style guitar that I first came up with. It's got the black leather and, you know, the chrome. It's like a matte black guitar usually. I've done different versions, but that was kind of one of them. And then there was another one that I came up with just because I was I was in back of – I ended up in the back of St. John the Divine one day, which I wasn't expecting, and I was just like kind of floored by it, and I got really excited, and I just kind of – it was like an immediate thought like, oh, a cathedral look amazing on the front of a guitar. I should do my own version of a cathedral. So, you know, I, I brought that idea to Rick and we kind of ended up making that first body um, that actually Ian Doherty ended up with. He was, he like fell in love with it when he was on tour and ended up buying it without even playing it at first. Um, but he, um, but I, we, we kind of made that body um, based off of what, how much work I could fit on it, but still make it really practical. So we ended up doing the wooden pickup covers, but you know, we, I I mean, it's just, it was just kind of a, I think when you're like a kind of a creative person, stuff just happens like that. Like I can't really, I just (laughs) think that way. (laughs) And some of the stuff is like really wacky, but um, like I'm going to be doing some stuff with stained glass soon, which is like totally crazy. But I mean, it's just like, it, we just have fun with it. You know, you got to do fun stuff on the side too. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's always just kind of, all that stuff's kind of been like a natural thing. It was unexpected, but I mean, Rick, Rick saw that people would want it. I, I didn't see it. But I kept doing it. He kept pushing me. <laughs> and he was right yeah. again. Yeah, no, it's it's been really good. I've gotten a lot of crazy stuff, you know, at the shop. So, But it's been fun. It's definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> it's really cool because it gives you that, you know, that uh, way of kind of blending your two your two worlds together. You know what I mean? Like those sometimes seem yeah. like separate mediums. Uh building and sculpting but they're very similar and that lets you kind of further kind of combine them together I guess. yeah definitely and, and you know I get to do very traditional stuff too you know I've done this sort of black guard blonde thing and whatever else you know I mean we can't do thick shiny finishes in this shop because we don't have the setup for it and you're not really allowed where we're at I guess um but Rick used to do that you know but um but yeah, other other than that, I mean, yeah, I've I've done like very simple stuff too, but it's just most of the most of the stuff I get orders for is, you know, what it is. <laughs> I, I just kind of go it's with what it. <laughs> like what you've become known for, sort of yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah, yep. It's just cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the movie. Oh, uh, the movie. I don't know much about the movie. <laughs> 
But yeah. I want to know more about the movie. I'm very, very curious. Can you tell me more? <laughs> is, is it a documentary or what's the deal? Okay, so, um, well, Jim Jarmusch is the one who kind of instigated the whole thing, um, him and Carter, but um, his drummer slash producer. Um, but Ron, yeah, Ron Mann has been distributing Jim's films for like 15 years or something like that. Um, but he's also been making documentaries for a really long time, since like the 70s or 80s. Um, and so Jim told Ron that he's got to do a movie on us, you know, years ago and, and Ron came in and met us and it was just kind of, just kind of happened that way. Um, but basically it is called Carmine Street Guitars and it's five days in the life of the shop. Um, they filmed for about a year. Uh, oh, Wow. Yeah, no, it was a big thing, and you know, you had to have the same outfits on, and <laughs> everything had to be the same every time they shot for the whole year. You know, it was like a solid mm -hmm. month of shooting, like seven to seven, and then it was like days here and there throughout the months, the rest of the year, and and um, and so yeah, it's kind of just like Rick's story, my story. We talk to the people that come in. You know, a lot of musicians and stuff come in. And it's just kind of like, you know, um, it's just kind of like what, what goes on in the shop, sort of. It's mostly document. It's mostly like a documentary style. Um, Ron would give us like a few lines here and there, but he said that none of those lines really made it in. It's mostly just all natural kind of stuff that made it in. And it's very like, I mean, he, he says it's very like kind of humble and warm movie. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like an hour and a half. Um, and we, yeah, we got into, um, I don't know what I'm allowed to say cause I don't know what other ones announced it, but we we're our, the oh. world premiere is, <laughs> is in, um, is in Venice. Um, this, mm -hmm. the, I'm, I'm going to Venice, Italy for, from August 28th to the 5th for the world premiere. And then it's going to Toronto after that. And it, I think Ron said it'll be in about. 40, 40 film festivals overall, and they just kind of all back to back. So it's kind of nonstop this fall and winter. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but it, it just wonder kinda... if any of them are coming to Portland. Yeah, I don't know yet, <laughs> but but it, it goes me, to the keep me in the loop. I will. Yeah, but it um, mm -hmm. I guess it goes to like the festivals, and then it'll go to like the theaters. Like I think in New York the movie would be out in like at like IFC or film forum or something like that. So it'll go to all the little theaters and then it goes to like Netflix or iTunes or, you know, um, airlines and stuff like that, I guess after that, but we're just kind of so rolling. It is, with getting the a small, uh, <laughs> huh? it, it is getting a small theatrical release then. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they don't get that when they're smaller, but that's oh, sounds yeah, like it's no. bigger than, uh, bigger deal yeah no it, it made it into uh the the biggest festivals in the world so it's pretty crazy <laughs> it's pretty surreal but i'm i'm happy that you know the shops you know some someone's doing that on rick you know i mean i'm i'm super happy to be there by his side of course but ever since i was you know i had started there i was always going why is nobody documenting this proper you know so I'm ha I'm so happy that for him and, and the shop that it happened that way because there really isn't you know anywhere like that that I've seen. 
you know, and, and it's been, you know, the shop's been there for 30 years itself now, you know, in that location. He's had about 10 shops, so it's it's definitely like a, a special place. We actually just renovated the, f the whole front, too. I mean, I, when were you there again? Last year, right? I was there last or, year, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks... About, uh, I was in the fall. It was in the fall sometime. I can't yeah. remember exactly which month. Yeah, we, we ended up with Matt Umanoff's beautiful old oak 1800s cabinets. We walked over from Bleecker Street when he closed down, because his repair shop's still open, but he closed the whole store. I don't know how many people know that. Uh, oh, I'm sure I a did. lot of people I do, snuck... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I snuck in there. I Somebody said they were closing, so I made sure to sneak in there before <laughs> before that happened. Yeah, well, we, we ended up with those really cool cap, old display cabinets. Um, they're, they're, you know they're pretty much as long as the other ones. So we changed, renovated everything up front and built, we just finished building a new classical showcase up front. And then we got like a, one of those single guitar case displays, which was really happened. It happened like the same day that we were finishing up or, or maybe it was starting the classical case. Um, the electric lady studios called up and gave us one of their cases. So we have that on the wall now too. It's pretty cool. Oh, nice. But yeah, we, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was great. We were excited, but, um, so we like renovated the whole front of the shop now too. So it looks very different, but yeah, the, but we couldn't do anything all last year because everything had to stay and look the same for the shots in the movie. So <laughs> we right. were, yeah, we were working around that for a bit. But yes, it was really good though. Um, it was fun. That's cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna come by yeah. while I'm down there. Yeah, I'm trying to um, think who's or up there. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm trying to think who's in it. Um I I know it's uh Charlie Sexton, uh the Sadies, Eleanor Friedberger or Friedberg, um Christine Bougie from the Bahamas uh lenny k jim jarmish uh there's a there's a handful of other people too that come in i think bill frizzell is in it too um yeah there's a whole bunch of people in it but it's i think it's kind of a really it'll be a really different and and cool cool uh documentary for sure I've, something tells me you guys are about to get even busier well, that's that's I what Ron keeps saying. He's warning us. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to keep Rick kind of uh, ex, you know expecting something just in case too because he's I don't know. It's it's definitely no. I'm I mean that's how these things work, right? Like I, I guess I so. mean this is sort of a <laughs> I, well. If you think about it, this is very is a very similar. It's not it's not exactly identical, but it's kind of similar to the like Euro dreams of sushi situation where you got the, you know, the one, have you seen that documentary? Do you know anything about it? No, what is that? So it's a, no. it's a documentary about a sushi chef in Japan who uh -huh. like, uh -huh. uh, all he does is make sushi and like, he like makes supposedly the best <laughs> sushi in the world. Uh -huh. And it's like a big deal to get there. And it's like a, it's, it's like, a kind of a wait and it's like hard to get in. I get, I can't remember all the details and he only uh -huh. makes like so many a day. So it's like a bit, it's a big deal. And then yeah. they made a documentary about him and it got, it went to all these big film festivals and is very highly regarded documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's like impossible to get in there. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm, I mean it's, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it sounds like a same thing. 
Yeah, that's kind of, it well, could happen. It was really funny actually because they they did well when I was on. I was actually when Jay and I, my boyfriend, were were down in Atlanta recording, and and I went to Nashville for some business and stuff like that. I was doing guitar stuff down there for like I was on the road for like a month back in May, and CBS this morning filmed Rick in the shop and did like a segment that came out two days ago or yesterday. And mm-hmm. we got, I mean, we got like probably 25 calls at least that morning alone. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I was kind of going like, I know CBS is huge, but you know, this is kind of also huge. So yeah, I don't really know what to expect, well, but this is, you know, it's also like local news. So it's kind of yeah, less right. so of a deal. Yeah. Like people who go to, so people who go to see this movie, especially once it hits like Netflix and stuff, the people who like click on that and like want to want to know more are most likely going to be guitar players. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, I know. <laughs> so you're going to get like this, this big influx of like a lot of people, but also highly targeted, like, like the people who, who care about this stuff. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's. I'm glad I got my order in before that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Well, that's that's what Ron keeps saying. He keeps telling us that it's definitely difficult when you know because I do. I mean, I do my website alone, so I do all the photographs alone. You know, I do the social media for the shop and me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I mean the email. I mean email everything. You know, it's just it's a lot when you're hand building stuff and doing the custom work on top of it, and then all that is. That's why I'm talking about bands. I'm like I can't even like think about putting the time into like a band right now. There's (laughs) it's like I get home and I'm like working on pickers, answering emails, and you know fixing the website up and all that stuff. You know, so it's but it's but it's well worth it. You know, it's well worth it. I get to do what mm-hmm. I love <laughs> every day. You know, I don't go to work. I don't really go to work a day in my life. Me and Rick both always say that. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, I can definitely understand that. You know, especially <laughs> more so. My dad says that I'm like retired. I'm like, I'm not retired. I still gotta work. He's like, Yeah, but it's, it's fun though. It's. I'm like, Yeah, you're. You're yeah. right. I guess it's sort of. It could be construed. I mean, you know, there's always things, no matter what you're doing, there's things yeah. it's like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but like in the it's grand scheme life. of things, yeah, yeah, it's cool to get to do what you like, for you sure. know, um, not something that I, that I take for granted and I'm sure you don't either. Cause no, you've, you know, <laughs> you've seen the opposite. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, maybe you said it earlier and I'm, and I glossed over it or maybe this was, I can't remember. When is when's the official drop date of the movie? Um, I don't know what day exactly they're playing it in Venice, but um the world premiere is gonna be at the Venice Film Festival this year in, in Italy. So it'll I'm going there August twenty eighth and I, I don't know if that's the first day of the festival, but it'll be officially out sometime before like between then at the festivals and it'll be all over the place with those for I think about six or eight months he said and then it goes to theaters Mm -hmm. i think and then it'll be out out so i i don't i mean even the even all the festivals i mean we're finding that out kind of week by week right now so i really don't have like an official date on when the movie will be out to watch at home but 
I think just keep your, you know, your eyes open with the social media stuff because we'll be posting about it when, you know, when we find out. So that'll be cool. Yeah. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. We are. Well, we're getting close to the end, but not not totally. I did have mm-hmm. a I did have a question and I don't remember know if you'll remember or if, if it even really matters. But mm. my uh, my wife was asking me, she's like, where is your guitar? coming from like what building was yours i'm like i don't know one of those uh, old new york buildings i'm um, not sure oh man i don't i don't know what rick picked out of that i should have asked him before we did this yeah i don't know i'll have to i'll have to ask him that tomorrow sorry like yeah I, no it's all good <laughs> i'm not i'm, I'm just not, like yeah. i've been thinking about it yeah I don't, I don't know what i didn't ask him what piece he picked for it i didn't ask him I'll, I can, That's okay. I'll text we'll you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, that this this uh, I was about to say something, but then I realized I don't I don't know that that's true because you you said you you came to the city. You didn't. You weren't born in the city. Is that right? Yeah. No, I I grew up in Jersey, but uh, my grandfather grew up in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and I, I mean I didn't have family here growing up really, but I started coming to the city when I was pretty young, but I grew up in a town that you can see the Verrazano bridge from at night. So I used to go and look at the Verrazano bridge growing up all the time. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> like 45 minutes so from, I- from the city. If you, if you drive down the, the turnpike. Okay. So not too bad. Then. Yeah. Not too far. Not too. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say as a native New Yorker, but I guess you're, almost a native New Yorker. <laughs> I think I know what your your answer to this next question is going to be, but this is this is the most important question that I ask on these podcasts. Huh. And, you know, yeah, it's a big deal. Some people <laughs> it causes a lot it causes a lot of controversy um and and generally, you know, a lot of discomfort amongst the guests, but here we go. Um, <laughs> what kind of pizza do you like? What kind of pizza? Um Mhm. I, what do you mean? What kind of pizza do I like? Like what kind do I? What kind of pizza? Do you, like what do I like on it? Yeah, what kind do? You, or like what kind? Like uh, I'm assuming you being a New Yorker, you like you like the classic New York slice, but I don't want to assume too much. Maybe you're. May, I didn't. For all I know, you have like weird Chicagoan blood in you that could. I don't know. I don't want to assume people's pizza preferences. So I gotta ask. I do like the classic slice. You can't go wrong with that. But I also I really liked Sicilian growing up. The square Sicilian mm-hmm. slices. I really like those, and I like margarita slices a lot too. There's a place right down the down the. You should actually go when you come. It's so good if you want if you want like pizza like brick oven pizza it's just a few doors down numero 28 on carmine we get from we always get the margarita there but it's really good i actually did go there up on uh, uh, rick's recommendation yeah. so <laughs> did you I like it <laughs> i did like it yeah i thought i, I think it's it was... really good the margarita there is awesome I don't think we got the margarita. I don't remember if that was his. his I just think we asked just generally where where we should go, and so that's mm. that's where we ended up. <laughs> and then because because you know we're West Coasters in New York, we had to sample more, so we walked a little bit further and went to Joe's just shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, Joe's is pretty good too, <laughs> which I loved. Yeah, I love Joe's. Yeah, 
Um, that's the one I think of is Joe's for some reason that, that, that stuck in my brain. But yeah, number 28, that was that was good too. I liked it. Yeah, I got into making pizza at home for a while years ago. So I used to like, I even made like mozzarella from scratch once and the yeast and everything. So I was making more. Of no like a, way. Yeah, no, I, was, I got really into like bread making at one point <laughs> like a while ago. Um, when I, when I lived in Harlem, but, uh, yeah, it was, I, it was mostly like, you know, sort of margarita thin, sort of traditional Italian pizza or whatever. But, um, that sounds delicious. Yeah. You mean even making the mozzarella from scratch? Yeah. That, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We screwed that up a couple of times, but I, 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, but it's definitely not easy. I probably will never do it again. <laughs> and it's a lot of time. I was about and... to say it. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe someday. Maybe I'll try again. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll give it give it another try. Um, well, I I've, I want to give a quick shout out real quick uh, to Grant Wilson uh, from Big oh, Ear. Yay! Well, now, we now Big Ear Pedals. That's he's the reason that we're. He's the reason we're talking and the reason that uh, I have a guitar on order. Like, cause he Yay. was, he, we were sitting, uh, we were sitting in a park in Brooklyn cause he knew we were visiting and he called me cause uh, he was in, he was, you know, he's in Nashville now, but yeah. he called me cause he knew I was in New York. Oh my God. He's like, you have to go. I didn't visit him when I was in what? Nashville. I didn't even think about that. That was so silly. I'll have to visit him next time. Oh, oh yeah. You got to hit him up. That was so silly I just, I just. <laughs> I just seen him a couple of weeks ago. So, um, but yeah, he called me while we were, si- we were sitting in Brooklyn and, and he's like, look, hey, listen, here's the deal. You have to go to Carmine street. I was like, <laughs> I don't know about Carmine street. Tell me more. And he kind of gave me the, the rundown and yeah. I was like, yes, 100%. I have to go there. <laughs> and that's where I got, got you, your phone number uh-huh. though. We didn't actually talk. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I don't I, just, I don't remember what I was doing that week. <laughs> I missed you like by like, I don't know, like a day or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, Hey, can I go to the shop and record a podcast with Rick? And you were like, uh, sure. <laughs> Random person who's texting me. <laughs> like, um, and so, I mean, he's the reason grants, the reason why that happened. Grants, the reason why, uh, why this podcast just happened uh and grant is the reason why i'm driving to boston for the uh 10 year uh anniversary show of the uh, that the gaslight anthem is putting on so a lot of uh i give i gotta give grant like a ton of credit for all the cool stuff that is happening <laughs> this weekend for me that's and the awesome. cool thing that just happened with recording with you awesome <laughs> so, hi grant <laughs> yeah grant, grant and karen they're awesome yay so. Yeah. But cool. so since I gave my shout out, is there anything you want to plug before we, we wrap this up or where can people find you on the internet or anybody you want to, um, you want to give a shout out to or anything? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Instagram, like probably a little too much, but <laughs> just cause I have all the accounts <laughs> I'm doing all the time, but yeah, my, my Instagram. Oh, I can relate so hard. Yeah. My Instagram is Cindy guitars. I do the Carmine street guitars, Instagram as well. Um, and I do my boyfriend's Instagram, which is Jadeville official. And he just came out with, um, his album back in May. That's why we were down in Atlanta actually recording the second one. So I think you guys should go check that out. It's, it's a really good album. Um, I think that's about it. 
yeah, that's all. It's the social media stuff. I'm not good with Facebook. If you guys want to get in touch with me, do it do it with email or or Instagram. Usually, <laughs> it's too much. All the the Facebook pages, apps, and stuff. I can never keep up with it. <laughs> but, it's yeah. a challenge. Yeah, uh, it is definitely a challenge. Yeah, but um, well, great. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yay! Thank you so much, Mike. <laughs> yep. We'll see you soon. Right, I'll put a little. <laughs> yes, in just a couple of days. Yes. Uh, all right. I'll I'll put a little bow on this thing. So for Cindy, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, that does it. That was a that was kind of a funny situation because I recorded that with Cindy, and then two days later was walking through the doors of the shop and like, oh hey, how's it going? I know we just talked for an hour, but now here here I am. But it was cool to like go back with a more of an insight into how they operate and uh, actually watch them do some of the stuff. I posted some of that on Instagram. Um, so you can go over and check that out if you're interested. But uh, furthermore, keep an eye on the film festival circuit. If you happen to live in a town that partakes in such things. Um, I know they just went to Toronto and um, did a screening there. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the, uh, the Carmine Street Guitars documentary. I'm super jazzed about it. I'm uh, hoping sometime it comes to Portland and I don't have to wait until Netflix. But uh, who knows? Either way, uh, stay tuned on the socials and all that stuff. I'll I'll definitely be shouting it from the rooftops as soon as I get an opportunity to see that. So let's see. A couple la- last few house cleaning things. Uh, we still got some Model 1s available. Um they are, oh, they're right over there, they're right to my right, looking shiny and gold and pretty. And we got a fresh demo up um, from uh, Demos in the Dark, new YouTube channel, but really, really good playing. And he actually explored some sounds that I have uh, was uh, very kind of excited about that are in the pedal that no nobody's really uh, showed off in the demo. It's in the last couple minutes of the demo, it's the lower gain kind of overdrive type t- tones that are available. I mean, this thing will tear your head off if you want it to, but we really worked hard to make it have a very wide wide range, but I'm losing my tongue, a wide range of gain and sounds available. And nobody's really touched on that lower end side because it's, uh, well, it's fun to play with lots of fuzz. But he, he did a good job in the last couple minutes of that video, so I was super excited to to see that. So if you head over to uh, tonemob.com slash store, uh, you'll see the link for that YouTube um, on that product page. So if you are interested, we still got a few of those available. I think we got 15 or so. Um, and yeah, that helps keep the show going and you get a sweet fuzz in a sweet wood box and I'll get them shipped out as soon as you order it. If you need more of this, uh, I don't know what you would call it, this banter and this nonsense, um, you can go to patreon.com slash tone mob. Don't forget that we, we put that up. So there's several, several, I think we're, we're over the 10 mark. I keep forgetting. I always forget till I go to upload, but we've got a bunch of episodes over there for you to check out. And one of the things I haven't really talked about too much, um, on the main podcast is the different levels. I've, kind of vaguely described them, but one of the ones I was surprised that a lot of people have signed up for 
and we're kind of having some fun with is the top level, which is the $25 a month level, which is blown me away that there's been there's actually been interest in that um, because it's it, it gives you all the benefits of all the other levels, plus with the additional benefit of um, I send you random things in the mailbox. Um, they may or may not be guitar related. They may or may not be food related. They're quite literally random objects that I just decide to send out uh, randomly throughout the year to the $25 a month Patreon subscribers. And we've got a bunch of people that have signed up for that and um, and some pretty funny plans for that level of Patreon subscriber. But um, in any of the levels helps immensely at $5 is where you start getting an extra episode every week. And that has uh, ranged from extra content from from the guests themselves or, or simply Jess and I in the shred shed talking about tone, talking about gear, talking about food, usually quite a lot. So if you go to patreon.com slash tone mob, you can find more of that there. And that really helps keep the show going. What else helps keep the show going would be if you could just tell one friend about it. You probably know some people that play guitar. You know, maybe they would get something out of this uh, this online banter. If you could just share this with one friend this week, that would be immensely appreciated. There are a lot of you out there, and I would love there to be more. Um, there's no point in doing this if nobody's listening. So thank you very much for tuning in, and please just tell a friend about it. That would mean a whole lot to me. So thank you very much. I'll talk to you next week. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.